Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today, I'm very excited. We have a great guest. We have Sahin Boydas on the show. He is the CEO of RemoteTeam.com. Sahin, how are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm excited that you said yes, and you're on the show. You got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. RemoteTeam.com is a great site. A lot of good resources there. But let's be sure you run this remote team. You might be uh, some kind of bot or some kind of AI thing that's out there. So I'm going to prove that you're a human. Your check-in question is, what's something you are thankful for today? I, I'm really thankful for my human experience. I really mm. like it. With the all ups and down, you know, in working in a tech company, like your life changes like every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, there can be five things going, or there's one thing going great, but at the same time, there's five things horrible going. And you have to have a, this roller coaster effect that you need to have a good stomach. Yes. Keep yourself healthy and don't take it seriously. But it's insanely difficult not to take it seriously. But I do it. Like I was an entrepreneur and my family, I'm like third generation entrepreneur. I'm not used to it or immune to it, but it's seriously difficult. It's seriously difficult. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody yesterday who was a former guest on the show and it's the same thing. It's, it's ups and downs. It's roller coaster. You have to get used to that kind of lifestyle if that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. you're always on a roller coaster. Like think about yeah. you are in a roller coaster for eight hours and you are, no one is stopping it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good analogy. I like that a lot. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who are super sick by the way. Like, <laughs> they are super cool people raising hundreds of million dollars, but in the back, in the back like their body is rotting. <laughs> so you need to be really thankful for the experience. Otherwise, there's no way to survive in a high competitive tech environment. It's like very difficult. Wow. Well, well, lead us into a little bit about your company, RemoteTeam.com. Tell us a little bit about the background of it and what it is. So I will tell something. Maybe I'm telling it for the first time for you. This is very interesting. Okay. I will tell you how I bought the domain name. Is this okay, yeah, yeah, because that's a yeah, great domain. Yeah, yeah, it's a great domain. So I moved to Silicon Valley 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like in a 10 years, uh, I had like great chance to get great investors, working with great people, having great co-founders. And I always had a remote team, like always. I never had, uh, and we had an office that's now Uber's driver center in San Francisco, but it was a shared office. And we go time to time with my co-founder, but all of our team and employees was all over the world, Europe, Mm -hmm. Russia, India, Turkey, Israel, like Mexico, like all always. And I sort of always believe in the remote work because before that uh, I was in a very short time in my life, I had an office one hour away and I was one hour in traffic. And I like what Elon Musk say about this is like, it's a soul killing experience. Like you're really wasting your one hour and it's not one hour because you have to relax the whole, like the hormone, like you are in a war in the traffic in my head, right? It's so crazy. Uh, And I remember really clearly when I was talking with investors 10 years ago and I was telling them I had the remote team, they always tell me remote team will not work don't have a remote team, uh, people will hire you for your local talent. And now 
it changed a lot. It's insane. <laughs> now it's like the first thing. Oh, do you have a remote team? It's now the cool thing. And because of that, uh, I had an amazing, a lot of operational um, experience on this. Mm-hmm. And I was in summer, uh, August, summer 2008-19, before COVID. I went to Costa Rica uh, and I had the ayahuasca experience there. And I really see sort of a future of the world that everyone was working remote, uh, empty streets of San Francisco, California. I didn't know it was COVID or something, but I saw some regions. And I then I was in Stanford Starex, the accelerator that I was part in. And there was 20 founders there. And nearly all of them are, are hiring remote. And they have the same questions, like how I can hire someone in mm. Germany, how I can hire a contractor, how I can send money. Is there like gusto for remote teams, like a payroll for remote teams, right? And I said, okay, wow. Like I had the domain name for five years ago. I was just waiting the time. I said, okay, the time has arrived. Mm-hmm. And just before COVID, I was able to cooperate uh, in October. And it was a great journey since then. That's amazing. I love that story about how you just were in the right place, the right time. You've been doing it for yeah. long enough that you had the experience behind it. I, in the remote team, remote team is my third company. And my second company sort of divided into two. So it's like, I will say it's my fourth company in Silicon Valley. I realize it's all about timing. Like mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, like you get the amplification effect uh, when you have a great timing, like because the wind blows you behind and whatever you do, like if you are sort of one of the top, you can really get a lot of funding. You can get a lot of people. A lot of people wants to work with a good timing product. Like it's Silicon, I didn't realize this in the last 10 years, but after remote team, I sort of realized like it needs to be a sort of a perfect timing product. Mm. Like why now is really important. Yeah, that's a great perspective. When when it comes to the idea of like the now that we're in, a lot of companies, like you said, they're all looking about how do we do this remote thing? How do we do this hybrid thing? What do you find are some of those typical fears that people have about remote work that really are unfounded, that are very easy to get across? Yeah, I think people think, like there's two types of companies. There's traditional companies and there is, let's say, future Gen Z, like, okay, remote first companies, right? They have a feeling that like you need to see the person near you to have uh, like a connection. And if they have a very weird tendency, but that is also true. I will not, so I, I think it's uh, some valid points that if you are not in office, you don't work. Uh, these are like, I think, two very basic stereotypes, I don't think which exist. Uh, mm. And uh, if you have a great culture, if you hire great people, if you hire, uh, if you have team members uh, who love their work, uh, they, they actually work more at home than the offices. And then we see it in the COVID. When I was telling this to people before COVID, I was like, ah, no way. Like people will not work, but now in the COVID, after COVID, in the new normal, we start to see that, right? People are working way more hours at home than yeah. the office and they're way happier in their home. Uh, some people with their families, some people with their loved ones. So I think these are the two basic fears because we have a, a weird idea that 400 years, right? From, since the industrial revolution, you need to go somewhere 
And because of that, you sit somewhere and you're getting paid, right? So you have to be in the office, right? So we have a, we have a, a social construct, like an idea construct about around this for like since like 100 years, right? Since 50 years, like since yeah. 19s, right? So uh, that is with all the live tools we have, it's, it's changing. And of course, there is human element is a little bit like little bit less, but there will be we are building uh, things and there will be companies that there will be new kind of uh, methods to bring that human element into the picture. Yeah. yeah, but I really believe that like going to office is a soul killing experience. Like it's 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 like you have to like in San Francisco 101 road, like you are wasting one hour, one and a half hour of your life if you are coming from San Jose. And yeah. this happens everywhere, right? The two hours of your life, one tenth, one twelfth of your life is wasting in a car, which most cars don't even have a filter. So you just smell all the gas from the street and it makes your IQ lower. It's proven <laughs> they made studies around it. It's horrible. So uh, I've, I tell like, the people who has these two fears, don't worry about this. Even you have it, just keep it. doesn't matter. You will see the efficiency when you really hire great people because people will be more happier in remote uh, remote environment and they will even work more efficient and might be more ours. Right? Yeah. So that, fears, uh, that fear is not very valid and companies are seeing it right now. So, Sahan, what are some of the things that people should be afraid of or should they're often not prepared of when they make that leap into remote work? They haven't really thought through those those issues. What are some of those issues you think about? Yeah, the first thing I see uh, in traditional companies, not like tech startups, uh, the, the trust. Like mm-hmm. they really uh, like because there is no monitoring seeing a, think, right? If you are in office, your boss or your manager sees you all the time, right? Or you are there, you punch your card, right? You know, we have these cards, like, it's real. Like, before you go somewhere, when you put a card, they know when you enter, and then they have another card, when you want to eat outside, and when you can enter, they they, they track your time, and it's it's a timesheet. It's like, sort of, um, the way that uh, it's also the work legal work our think work right so uh, in that remote environment uh, we don't have that right so it's really a trust based uh, system and you really need to trust your team and now people really work wherever they want so it's sort of more like you really need to hire people who are really passionate about the product you are working on hmm then you don't need to monitor people because I think in corporate life, people really don't like what they are doing. So you have to sort of monitor them, right? If they're gonna work or not, right? But in in, in remote work environments, these things don't happen. And they ever fear that, or um, that uh, we will be less efficient, but it's, it's not the truth. Now we see amazing successful companies building great environments uh, nearly fully remote, right? And yeah. it's really successful, yeah. And we have so, new tools now. We have new tools like Zoom, Slack, 
Uh, I really like async meetings. Um, so we have a lot of new tools right now that makes this way more efficient and easier. So I'm hearing you saying measuring employee productivity needs to be totally reworked in people's minds. You can't just base it off of the old model of presenteeism. If you're sitting in your seat, you're doing work. Like you have to do something new. Exactly. So what are some things in your own company? Like how do you measure, because your team is fully remote, how do you measure if your people are doing a good job or not? Like what's your standards for productivity? So we we are a 40 people team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not like 500 or we are not three, four so we, this is very weird. We don't have product managers and we don't have deadlines. Mm-hmm. Like we work in a two week sprint. Um, and okay, if we, we have a very big product that we're gonna build and it's taking four months, uh, we divide it into two, these groups and we do that in like two week sprints. And the way we measure it is uh, we also don't do like uh, you didn't deliver your thing on time. Like um, I think when you, um, everyone knows, like we, we, we are telling like this is what we are working on and our team is really dependent on each other. And when we build a structure like that, people are coming with their parts sort of in the correct time on the deadline, before deadlines, and almost of time over-delivering because they know that like we are uh, working together and depending uh, together, right? And we do it in a more like cultural way. Like we don't use any tools, uh, but we have something that's very interesting. I really like this. We have desk time. Hmm. We, we have a time tracking tool. It's optional for people to install. But if you install, we give you overtime. And uh, everyone's desk time is open to each other. So people can see their desk time. So because when you start to see what you work on and what you waste your time on, it becomes so obvious. Oh my God, like I, I spent so much time in searching. Maybe I didn't know this open source. Maybe I didn't know this part of the code. So we use desk time and uh, there's a lot of tools like this, like Time Doctor, Rescue Time. And I, I, I read something like uh, the WordPress uh, founder said, like, if I didn't have Rescue Time, I will not able to build WordPress because it was shocking that I can do a lot of, I can do some things with this efficiency. So uh, we really like this time uh, and people see what they work on, how much time they spend on. And, but we don't go check it. Like we don't go yeah, like, ah, yeah. oh, you spent time on YouTube. Like why the hell do you do that? It's totally open <laughs> and everyone sees it. And it, it in a remote environment, sort of like become the punch card, right? And people say, oh my God, like I was wasting a lot of time in Spotify or YouTube. They start to see it instantly, right? And mm-hmm. uh, we use that, we use that. And there's like efficiency there. Like if you are a coder, um, and if you search a lot, it means that you are still learning. Uh, so we focus on the learning piece a lot. And we are product-driven people. Like we, the whole thing is, like, can we build this product in the way, in the time, time we want um, and in the MPS we want, right? Will, will Our users will be happy. And that is our performance. Like users saying great or not, right? It's that simple for us. Yeah. Uh, we are really product-focused people. I love the idea of desk time. 
and it's specifically not like saying it's mandated. Everyone's got to use it and we're going to track it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a method to kind of judge your own uh, productivity and making it optional like that. Exactly. And, and I see insane success on like rebuild. Like in my previous companies, I'm using like a time tracking tool. I would call it performance management, actually. I don't call it time tracking, but it's easy for people to search. So let's keep it time tracking here for now. Um, I see insane benefits. Like mm. everyone turns into like, oh, my God. Like I was I was spending time on so many wrong things. Mm. And they when they see, wow, like I was surfing on the web, I was not using Visual Studio Code. Like, it, it's it's mind-blowing how people change. Wow. Um, and we have a lot of young people in our team. Like, we have, mm -hmm. like, a guy who is 17 years old in our team. Like, we have someone, like, we have a lot of people. It's the, We are their first job. We are their first mm -hmm. company that they ever work. I really like to get people in university second, like, sophomore, one second, uh, sophomore year, right? Second year. Yeah, second year. Yeah, yeah, second year, and we are their first company. So uh, they don't, they didn't build the skills yet, right? So when this time comes to the play, like it says, wow, like, and they really work. And we give flexible time to people. Like we don't have, we, we don't have something like you have to work eight hours a day. Like some people work 12 hours on Monday. Some people work uh, half day in Fridays. And we actually give Fridays, uh, half day actually. We actually people most of the time tell like don't work Fridays, but people work half day on Fridays. Talk to me about the cultural elements because you said you, you have people working for you from all over around the world. Oh. What are the kind of things you've learned about working with different cultures as you've built out these teams? Yeah, I think one great thing of remote work is we are at least in US in the last um in two years ago, we are really living in a divisive environment. Mm. Like we were really on the edge of a civil war and um, God bless the new president, sort of like calm the people, make the people together, right? So we are, um, we have to do a lot of things around diversity. Like mm. it's, it's really sad, it's really, um, it's really heart shattering uh, what, uh, and I thought so much about this topic in mm. generally. And what I realized, location is actually like a very simplification of the problems of why there is diversity. Because if you are coming from Ireland, if you are coming from India, if you are coming from Israel, if you are coming from Turkey, Russia, right? The location is actually the culture, right? Where you come from is actually define your culture in the old world, right? But uh, with remote work, work, everyone is coming from the same distance, right? Everyone is remote, right? So it is gonna change this cultural element of, I think it's one of the greatest thing that it will happen. It gives enough great opportunities to people all around the world. And it actually uh, will make uh, places more diverse and more inclusive. And you have more diversity and inclusion, you create more diverse ideas. The more diverse ideas you have, you create more creativity. If you have more creativity, you have more revenue, period. It's that simple. So the culture element 
I really enjoy a lot. Like because mm. even in remote team, it's my favorite tool. To, uh, tool in remote team dot com is uh, we have uh, holidays and we have uh, official holidays in every country and we have religious holidays in every mm. country. Very interesting. Right. So every day, I would say every time, like you get a random holiday in like Africa or in India or in Turkey. Like what the hell is this? Like <laughs> and now we allow people to talk about these holidays and uh, we learn a lot uh, everyone learn a lot uh, in these like cultural sharing their culture and um, this is like more like a personal culture thing as a company culture we fully focus on product let's build great products let's enable people to work remotely let's save their time so they don't waste time on traffic let's mm -hmm. make very easy for everyone but on the other end when it's more like human to human cultural thing is like we really enjoy i think people really enjoy talking to each other uh, and we have a like we have a big meeting weekly and we do breakup rooms and everyone talks about some random cultural element from their countries. And it's like mind blowing. It's like, what? That is real? And then we allow people to communicate sort of like without filter, okay? And then <laughs> it sort of builds up and then breaks all the stereotypical things uh, around that. And it's, 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 it's pretty fun. Like, uh, I think people really like it. But we allow people to say whatever they want. Like, then people say, like, what? That is real? Like, it is, yeah, it's like real. Like, people do this for a thousand years. <laughs> I love that because there's so much to learn. Like you said, in a time when it feels like we are more divisive, at least in the United States, like just yeah. to have those interactions and in, in the work setting, that's often like where you want to have those. So you have those chance encounters with somebody from a different perspective. And that often leads to a perspective shift of your own. Yeah, exactly. Like the more, um, this is very interesting. Like I, I, I really enjoy this analogy. Like if you look at the cities that has a seashore, it's mm. more left and democratic right and the inside and this is like similar to most countries in like even like you go to south france versus north france if you go to turkey mediterranean the middle if you go us all the like the seas because they have more people hmm. when you have more people you become you don't become conservative you become like more like a liberal like so many different ideas like um you get the opposite, right? Because you start to have so many different people in your life from all over the world, right? Mm. So, uh, and remote work sort of does that too. Like, so it creates uh, the company like a seaport. So you get so many different oh. people from all over the world. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, you have a lot of cultural infusion, I will say. And yeah. then the more you have that your brain social contracts that we think that is... Um, correct or right uh, will break up and the more it breaks up uh, you become more open-minded uh, people because we have a lot of junk in our brains <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stupid stereotypes and a lot of junk <laughs> well Sahin, my, my last question for you is about when a lot of people think of remote work or distributed work the one complaint is that it tends to be slower tends to take longer to get things done to get get decisions and a lot of that in, in your case maybe with the time zones. When you have people spread across lots of different times, it's hard to catch people in real time. 
most of your discussions end up being asynchronous that's there, which has its advantages, but one disadvantage tends to be things just go a little bit slower. So uh, talk to us about your experience with that. Do you find that true? And how have you coped with that? Do you embrace that or do you work against that? So that is that is a great question. That is a very great question. So if a company was working um, same time zone and sync for years, mm-hmm. um, the culture and the people are not used to work asynchronous right. and with different time zones. And it's really difficult to change that. Like mm-hmm. it, it needs a lot of... So um, like I like the GitLab example. In GitLab interviews, uh, they really hire people who are good, excellent communication, plus they are excellent in writing. Mm-hmm. Like they are really getting people who types more than they talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and they get people who are really can work in async environment. So then they can do perfectly the best async in the world, maybe. Right. But we, um, I really like the human touch element of it. And I say to our team, like if you are not writing 100 words per minute, try to send your voice message. Like if you can type faster than your voice, you can write whatever you want. But if you are not uh, that fast, uh, let's do more uh, voice-to-voice communication and we mm. save more time. Right? Yeah. Because I see some companies, I'm also advisor in investors, so many companies, I see some companies that they, like, God bless, we have desk time. So we see, oh my God, we spend so much time in uh, Slack. So it means that we have to do a little bit more co- communication. So what we do, our team time zone difference is around seven hours. I think okay. this is important. So if you are a California company and hiring someone in China, it's really difficult. Right. Okay. Uh, so the best way for them to pair is you need to sort of have a, another smallish hub or some people in England that they will work with this team. So what we do is we put like three, four hours that intersect with each other. Mm-hmm. So even the team is in Turkey and we also hire people who like to work at nighttime. Yep. So they have free time on the daytime so they can do whatever they want in the free in their daytimes. And then they work at more in the nighttime. So we that is really when you are hiring people, we really look into that. And um, our team is work not like a one synchronous eight hour chunk. They work in like small chunks, right? They wake up, they do a breakfast or not, then they work three, four hours, they do the their errands and stuff, whatever they need to do, and then they work another big chunk after uh, nighttime and they can shift that back and forth. So this is really important. Like so, and because of that, we have a flexibility for people to come together uh, on two, three hours times and talk nearly every day. So Mm. we we are not fully async. Um, We do a lot of task async, but when we feel that there is something slowing down, we like, and we have uh, these like 30 minutes it's not a stand up we don't do it like a structured stand up like people come together and like talk and if the, you don't have anything to talk which rarely happens just talk random stuff like <laughs> a, uh, a refrigerator talk or something whatever you need to do right icebreaker talk what uh, but we make that times like everyone like every team uh, like have 
some there are common times that they come together and talk about the product, about what they are working, about the problems, because otherwise, like, it can get really slow in us yeah. because you said something, they said something in two hours, you said something in three hours later, it just never ends, right? And it's like, no way, like we just come together and do that. And the time zone difference thing is like some people can't really work at night, right? Or like they start to stay after two o'clock, one o'clock, like it, it lowers their quality of life. So um either you have to have people who likes to work at night most engineers do or you need to have maximum uh, five to seven hours time differences between yeah. the groups of people um or you need to be really good in nothing that's <laughs> i think like, five <laughs> choices you have <laughs> yeah i think those are a lot of the issues that people need to start thinking about and be ready for yeah to recognize that those are your options either you get amazing at async communication and really only hire people that can do that well or you like if you pick somebody who's working in india but they're a morning person and you're on the west coast in the u.s and you're a night person like you're not yeah. going to talk to each other very much it's just not going to work yeah it's not going to work like i i had a meeting I try not to work at night times. Uh, and I had a meeting today at 2 a.m. Like it destroyed my day. Now I had half sleep, then I sleep yep. again. Now I need to get coffee. I like go get like a super strong coffee, which like drinking coffee is not good, but we drink more and more, right? It's just like, it's just horrible to work if you are not a night person, as you say. It's really difficult. Like yeah. uh, some people love to work. And then we, we really ask it through our interview process, even in the early, like, do you work at night? And if yeah. they say yes, if they say no, then we have to find something else. And then we pair it with someone else sure. uh, who works uh, half off, right? Well, well, Sahin, this has been amazing. I feel like you're one of those people that's going to continue to report back from the, the field, like things you're learning back uh, yeah. to the rest yeah. of us who are trying to figure these things out. So we really appreciate you doing that. Where can people go if they want to learn more about uh, your product? It, like I am very active in LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Like I seriously respond to every question that comes there. And remoteteam.com is really the place, and you can just book a demo. And we have great uh, onboarding, sales, success people. Uh, they, I think, explain the product way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a feature person, right? Founders are feature. Like we yeah. like one feature and talk about, but the customer don't want that. <laughs> like they want to hear something else, right? Uh, we have like great people who can tell the products way better than me. Uh, and like any for with uh, not remote team related everything else, like LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, I'm really active. Like I, I really every message. Yeah. Well, we'll put all those in the show notes. Asan, thanks for being on the show. We, we look forward to staying in touch with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you found it. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice-a-month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.